just checking because I'm like getting the stink eye here. Go do your thing, but get good at your craft first and put your budget to things that really matter at the end of the day. You want to get good at it. And make no mistake about it, that's training. Let's face it, if you have a size 62 waist, you are not as tactical as 5'11 might think you are. <laughs> and we've all seen it. <laughs> Welcome to the Deer Shooter Podcast. I am your host, Jason Crotto. Deer Shooter is brought to you by WyoTac, empowerment through self-reliance, and Lucid Optics, on target, under budget. And we are about to be wrecked <laughs> yes. by Ton Motherfucking Jones, who well, did the same thing right after everyone left. Ate he, shit on the ground, face was, first. How <laughs> out parts of my carcass out of my hand? Yes, thank you very much. How the fuck are you guys doing? Welcome to the mic. <laughs> welcome, yeah. <laughs> welcome to the Thunderdome, bitches. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I love Ton's intro right there. Yes. Hey, good job. You ran that. Yes, I ran in Facebook. Well, I, okay. I, to be fair, <laughs> I just, I just we totally berated Andrew for making you run 18,000 miles to go shoot this supposed you know shotgun. <laughs> that motherfucker. <laughs> Let's start off with that motherfucker. After his stupid fucking speech about this has the best safety record. No one's ever been hurt. I was the first fucking casualty <laughs> asshole. No, I was. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, my favorite part was I pulled my groin. Dude, I was dying. I was like, okay. Okay, he injured himself. I said, well, there's a casualty. No. Then I had to go and fucking eat clay pigeons and pull brass out of my carcass. Dude, you know what? I just got done leaving the bathroom and taking a crap. And you know what? I think I just popped out a brass round. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Like, Don't worry. We didn't get that on video. Yeah. And you know what? Besides that, that, after that stupid fucking mag that kept jamming soft shoulder. You know what? Yeah. Same you know here. what? I think. I think. That about, hung me up too. I thought you were sure about nine people got that on video <laughs> from every angle. <laughs> I was like, oh. we're going to do the slow mo on that one. <laughs> so, my funny bit on that video is I see Ton running down range and then all of a sudden he disappears. I'm like, where well, the hell did I, he I, go? I watch. I, like, I, I watch it and I swear <laughs> to God it was in slow motion as it was happening because you stumbled and then you stumbled and you kind of sort of recovered and then you were just, you were face down. Yeah, I was it was, like, it was okay. all assholes and elbows. It, it was, was hilarious. <laughs> I felt the knee pop, and I was like, "Okay, I can make it." The knees, the knee might. Nope, nope. That knee's gone. Nope, that knee's gone. <laughs> I was like, "There is no side to side stability." I am about to eat nope. shit. Mayday, mayday, mayday! We're like, going down. I'm an Iraqi fighter pilot. I was tied to take off, and I cannot land. I'm bailing it out right now. We're all out of. We're all out of gas. It's going down. And like, this fat fucker man, inertia, gravity. It was not my friend. And I was like. I tell you what, that's when that's that's really when you wish your flight was about to become a cruise and land in water. (laughs) What what was that quote from Snakes on a Plane? Oh, he's about to go down like a tie hooker. (laughs) Yeah, Ah, I missed that one. Yeah, and know what? I was like, 
I'm going to finish this fucking thing because this <laughs> asshole decided to make the goddamn 15,000-yard trot. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't understand that. This was supposed to be quick, down, and dirty, do a stage, right? Yeah. Why did we have to, like, you know, ruck up to go to the freaking I can like, actually end of tell it? you why. I can tell you why. Because this motherfucker cannot hit a single goddamn thing with an air gun because he made my fat ass run. Oh. That's why. But. So I'm just going to say that, you know, after all this was done, when I got to the, uh, the, the one that we were demoing afterwards that, you know, Pinkus was, so, Pinkus was so nice to bring out. Yes. I did hit that 190-yard tar- target. And I'm going to say, you're an ass because now I have to go home and buy my son something new. Good. You know my what? Son. Yes, because while your son is sitting there saying, "Daddy, can I shoot yet?" I'll see you next year, motherfucker. <laughs> still questioning on whose son is whose with the way they look. Yeah, no shit. What the hell? Have you? I, yeah, I, I did. I saw the pictures. Dude, that's amazing. It it it's a little disturbing, is what it is. I don't know what the fuck happened in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to one of those fake weddings at a, you know, Elvis? Which time? <laughs> Dude. So, uh, one of the things we, we've been asking everybody coming on, and, and you, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? But this is your second summit. So you're you're one of the veterans. What did you, how did you feel about this summit versus last year? You know, was it better? Was it worse? I mean, what did you like? What did you not like? Other than the pain of making my fat ass run? Well, yeah. <laughs> you you know, ultimately, I think you can blame Wilson for that one. Not 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 Wilson Hunt, but Jason Wilson. Oh yeah, Jesus. We added another Jason and another Wilson. I know. At least I like this Wilson. <laughs> and a Dick Husky. We we do have a we do have a Richard Husky. But we all call him Drew. Yes. Dick for short. <laughs> not, a, not everyone can handle the Dick Husky. What can I say? Oh. <laughs> this this summit has been I actually enjoyed this summit. I like the way this one was put together. Mm. A little more structure. A little more structure. It was a lot of fun. Every summit is a blast. A lot. It's a lot of fun coming up here. It's great to see everybody break out all the new toys. And it's. And let's be real. Every time we get to fuck with Pinkus, it's a win. Yes. <laughs> yes. And between Bane, Pinkus, all the Wilsons. All the Jasons, <laughs> all the bourbon, all the cigars, all the bandages. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's, I know it's put together as a media and marketing event to see the products. But we get to test them. We get to hang out. We actually get to meet and bond with people. You go to shit show. I mean, shot show. Yep, ah, that one. <laughs> the, and... You go there, everybody's so uptight, pissed off, quick get in, get out. Look at this. You can't do anything. Uh, well, this is uh, my rifle. It, it'll be available in this many days. It doesn't work because we had to decommission everything because the people checking the firearms don't know what a firearm is. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, well, you know, you, you talk about it being fun. 
And at the end of the day, what we do is fun. It, it, and if it, yeah. I mean, yeah, we you know we talk a lot about self defense and 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 the Second Amendment and defending our rights and things like that. And there there's some serious aspects to it. But you know what? Guns are fun. Yes, it is absolutely. And we have made firearms in general fun. The great thing about it is everybody here knows how to handle a firearm. Mm-hmm. Everybody here knows how to handle a firearm safely. Right. In this community that we have built at Summit, I have no worries about laying my firearm down, saying, anybody pick it up, throw a couple rounds, rounds down range, and I am not, like, ducking when the brown goes off. I go to an NRA range and having the yellow vest there, and I'm like, for the fuck's sakes, man, someone just pulled the trigger. I am, like, ducking behind concrete, grabbing my nuts because something's going to happen. Usually I go to some of these range with these ROs that have their paper that they just completed their 14-second course in firearm safety, and it's sketchy. And I say that <laughs> because forged in a back alley. <laughs> yeah, it's like it came out on receipt paper. I'm certified. I'm an RO. Wait, didn't they get that from CVS? You know, yeah. they scan their card. <laughs> yeah. Not only toilet paper, but I think it's easier to take the class than it is to forge the document. Yeah, it it really <laughs> is. I've been around some ROs that I was like, wow, it it is. It is amusing what can qualify as an RO. And I don't mean that. Oh, well, yeah. Fuck it. I actually mean it in a bad way. Because as this group here, we RO each other very well. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. hey, range is cold. Mm-hmm. Hey, dipshit, get away from your gun. Oh, okay, cool. Everybody's clear. Get up. Everybody moves back. Yeah. Hey, Going hot. You, everybody ready? Everybody ready? We check with everybody. You call ranges hot, and there's a good four or five minutes where they're double-checking with everybody to make sure everything's good. When you call ranges cold, there's four or five minutes. Hey, everybody, ranges cold, ranges cold, ranges cold. There's no rounds being fired from the time the first person says, hey, ranges cold, but they're still double-checking with everybody out of respect. Right. Well, yeah. I, th- I think a lot of that is, you know... When we do the safety speech at the beginning of this thing, you know, one of the things that we talk about is that we, we call it the big picture rule. Is look, we're all adults. We're, we're dealing with firearms, and, and we, we understand the damage that these things can do used maliciously, negligently, whatever. And one of the things that I always try and impress upon everybody here is like, look, okay, everybody here is in the industry. We are looked at as the authorities, you're all professionals. Act the freaking part. Yes. Indeed. I was actually at a range in Georgia about three, it was, yeah, it's been three years ago now. And we were going, it was a, I think it was a public range. Well, they had some range officers there and this older gentleman was showing handgun safety. FUD. Yep. Uh-oh. And discharged the pistol. 
Into the crowd. Ooh. <laughs> into the crowd. Yep. 17 of us were standing there in front of him, and he's holding his pistol, showing us how to clear it. And I was not in the center of the group, but there's, bam, splits between a couple people. And granted, we're 10 feet apart, but it goes off, ricochets, and hits a car. Mm. So while this guy is telling us about how great his safety record is and showing us all the people that use firearms on a daily basis, this is supposed to be the RO discharges a firearm, ricochets it off the ground, goes in front of the line he's pointing the firearm at, and we're like, yeah, let's not. We just called it quits. We're like, yeah, we're going to go to different range, guys. Tap, tap right? out, run away. Yeah, we're like, oh, we're over it. All right, so yeah, we just got joined by Tyler. That would be tons better half for this trip. <laughs> Damn straight. My conscience. I'm, defi- I'm definitely his prettier half, that's for okay, sure. Okay, so Tyler, you just, you just got renamed Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> nice. He is my conscience. <laughs> if I rub my legs together, it doesn't make a noise, though, just so everybody's clear. That was <laughs> way too much information. <laughs> but it will tell you the temperature. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, Ton, what did you do today with uh, with that air rifle? Ton set uh, a record. Yeah, yeah. Let's yes. talk about uh, that. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get into that. Well, with a lot of help and guidance from people like Tyler, Jason, Jason, Jason. Just <laughs> because <laughs> we were Jason. on the glass. Yeah. Um, Just don't say that in a mirror. Yeah, Jason, Jason, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> like, I was able to take the Texan 308. And stretch it out to 1,123 yards and smack the white buffalo with an air rifle, a 155-grain projectile out of a Shaw barrel in our Texan. And it took four shots, which I was ever so relieved that it happened. There's been a little bit of a, hey, get off my man, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That was not me, by the nope. way, for the Jason record. Wilson is just one of the many Jasons and one of the Wilsons. I, I feel like I'm being targeted this evening uh, for something I'm not going to be a party to. Just At a shooting event? <laughs> does yeah, my pocket that would smell like happen. chloroform? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, does this handkerchief smell like cool chloroform? <laughs> does anybody want a blue M&M? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Ton. So you, you were, how many shots was it again? Four shots. It was four. It was four. Yep. Yeah. Pretty incredible, man. So the the fun part is now I get to take it to the long range and stretch its legs and see how far we can actually take that. We've already managed 1,100. So we won't even dick around with that first target at the ELR range. No. So we're going to go 22, I think, is the next one over. Whoa. you got to gain another 1,000 yards. <laughs> it was fun just witnessing Some the, bitch. the 11. <laughs> Yeah, 1125, that was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I think it's going to happen. I'm confident in you. I've watched you shoot stuff and pull shots off that I'm like, <laughs> I would never believe that if there weren't video. Yeah. As long as there's something moving in the background, I think I can hit it. We can simulate that. We can make that work for you. And it was last year when we uh, actually took my 308 out. The only way I was actually able to hit the target is I had to hit dust and make the target. I had to get movement in front of the target to see the target because I am blind. (laughs) 
Which is ridiculous. The, the, the things you're able to do under, under uh, the conditions uh, that your eyes are in, are, are, that's kind of wild, man. Maybe that you should embrace that in your marketing, though. I mean, these so guns shoot good, so well. Even a blind there man you can go. hit the target. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, trying to explain to people uh, how screwed up my vision is and how I have to work a scope and a gun to see the target. Like Pincus was saying, he's all, does it usually take you this long to shoot a target? I said, yeah, actually, it usually takes a little bit longer because I have to move the scope till I can see to make it look like there's water or a mirage in front of the target so I can get a visual on it. it you need motion to pick it up, just like a T-Rex. Yeah, pretty much. He's a deer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a whitetail. <laughs> he's, he's the largest whitetail in existence. <laughs> that's going to be a meme. You know that's going to happen. I'm making it to the I page. fucking hate you for that right now. That's a good one. <laughs> Both of you bastards. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the setup of that gun though? Because it's uh, so so it's a 308 Texan. Uh, I assume most of the folks are familiar with the Texan since you've uh, been out here for a few yes. years doing this stuff. Um, what's going on with the scope setup? Because that's really um, like I, I'm sure like your this is more your speed in terms of the, the firing solution uh, that that Tun has built into the gun. Yeah, uh, so he's running the new MLX, which we went to a couple extra steps to make it the clearest possible mirage cutting optic on the, the market for its price point, period. And then the first time you guys take it out, you bottom out the travel on it. <laughs> we got to looking at the rail on this gun, yep. and it had some options, which are actually kind of handy in the ELR world. He's able to tilt the rail, and you put on how many minutes were you talking about? Uh, it's, out, it's 120 total. So 120 total. So you solved your complete bottoming out solution and then had a hard time zeroing at 100 because you got the scope tilted the other direction, (laughs) right? Which actually worked in your favor. Yes. Because once you got it set up, you only needed 12 mils to reach 1,100. Correct. So there's a lot more travel because you have 25 either side of center in this optic. So you've got a lot of travel, and then you can index in the reticle itself. If you take advantage of the field of view that we built into this thing, there is a tree inside the post that you're going to use. I believe you used a little of it today. Yeah, because now I can actually understand what you're talking about because all that other number letter <laughs> shit, I'm, all, I, I'm lost. But you had to see it. Now you know what you're looking yeah, at. I know what, I'm, I know what the tree is, and I know where all the marks are, my debris field. Because Let's be real. I do not understand a damn thing about a scope. He's lying. <laughs> I just like looking the blank stare in your face. Ton, ton hears MOA and he goes, Is that a snake? What's a MOA? Yeah. yeah. A MOA. No, no, you guys spelled BOA wrong. It's <laughs> BOA, not MOA. Um, when I asked Jason for a scope, I told him I want something with a lot of debris above and below the, the X. And he looked at me like I was the biggest dick in the world. He's like, You asshole. I just don't understand, still to this day don't understand, because I don't have a grasp of your vision, first off. But the the level of debris you're asking for, I mean, you're going to clutter your view up and not be able to see anything anyway. I understand reference points and all that. But you still got to be able to see your target, right? Yes. And the problem I have is 
when I actually get clarity on a reference point, I have two things that are going on with my eyes. When I actually get to spot a reference point, like when we were at Pyramid Cup, the thing that was pissing me off shooting Pyramid Cup is there's these big fucking flowers moving in the background of my scope. And I'm trying to shoot the <laughs> shoot these targets. So when I'm doing my ciders, I would see movement. So I would get pissed off and shoot the flowers so they'd quit moving. So then I decided that's how I can see the wind call is I'd shoot the flowers and see where the wind went. So now I knew how to hold, do my holds. And then when the petals and all the little parts of the flower would move, I'd pick a reference point, one of the little spots on the debris field that matched up with where I wanted the pellet to hit, and that was my hold. I don't... I'm like, well, how many mils over? <laughs> uh, this dot. Well, that, 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 that's also an immobile target, too. Like, you know, uh, when I was in Afghanistan, we'd see a lot of different... Uh, you'd be able to spot whatever you're trying to look for because it's moving, because there's some sure. action going on. It's, it's irregular to, to nature. So when you're using this rifle practically, you're going to see what you're aiming at. You're going to see the movement. You're going to see some color, maybe. Um, and, you know, I didn't actually see anything until I used the Lucid Optic spotting scope, and it was already pointed at the target. So I was able to to do land references to get to that target and we had to talk to about there was a small ridge line that looked similar to a road that went up there and that was my reference for finding it whenever i went on the scope and you know it it, once i had those two pieces of information it was seconds before i was just like rock downright down and uh, then i was able to zero in on it just you know uh, men in general we are uh we are land navigators we see things and we we uh you you, you reference things that you that you've seen and oh. that's how you know where you're going that's where you know how to get uh get get points and that's how you remember where it, things it's are a at. good thing brandy is not here right now because <laughs> oh, yeah. she would be giving you so much shit about this internal compass crap you'd yeah. be getting motherfucked right now <laughs> oh dude like. yeah yeah i thought we were in the circle of trust yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not on this show brother my man <laughs> yeah. we are in the circle of trust but you can see every single one of us do this the look behind us yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. like you're looking around, around right. before you say something yeah, exactly. like every bad joke starts with every dude looking over their shoulder <laughs> so one thing one thing i do want to do uh while, I, while i've got jeremy here i i want to thank 10th mountain for coming out and being the whiskey sponsor for being the the night entertainment sponsor of ballistic summit 2023 happy to um hopefully we can have you back again next year and I guarantee you I'm going to be talking to Ryan, who is the CEO, owner of Tenth Mountain Whiskey. Uh, you know, because every podcast needs a whiskey sponsor, especially this one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I, I love that you guys had Brian, uh, you know, the last year. And, uh, you know, what, what a great veteran and what a great uh, spokesperson he has been. And uh, not only for veterans, but for the company itself and for, for you guys, because, you know, we go hand in hand with with, uh, you know, to, tobacco, guns and, and, and whiskey, man. They all go hand in hand. Oh, yeah. And uh, when when you know all three and you're, you appreciate all three. We've got all three, and most of our employees are that way and that appreciation well, level. Well, let, let's talk about history a little bit. Let's talk about the history of the United States, okay? Guns, whiskey, and tobacco built this country. 
in 100%. one way, in one way or another, they all built this country. Yeah, we differentiated ourselves one hundred percent by what we were able to produce as a as an independent. Mm-hmm. That just made me happy. Say that again. Just do that 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 order. <laughs> Guns, whiskey, tobacco built this country. Yeah, my nipples are hard. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go all cheers right there for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Tun, Tun, you're looking a little thin there. Yeah, because Joe Boo needs a refill. Yeah. I'm telling you, you guys have been mobile all night. We 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 thought we might actually get to shoot on the the night vision goggles tonight from uh, uh, from from the boys. And man, that that white phosphorus is a uh, is a dream so come cool. true. Oh, isn't it so cool? Oh my gosh, it was the the clarity that I got. I was not expecting the uh, the, the 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 optic uh, resolution that we were getting, especially with the thermals uh, edition. You know the the sod mosquito coming right for me almost. And it, it, <laughs> yeah. it gets that white. Well, like I, I've done uh, some hunting with night vision and thermals, and I know Ton has as well. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but oh yeah. So, but that's all digital stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It, relatively affordable, but like yeah. it, this is a game changer. It's a like, whole, oh am, yeah, it's a whole other world. I, I, w- I was telling the, the the guys, I was like, I am gonna hit you up immediately when I get back. Like I need to have. Uh, nods in my life. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we do at, you know, when we do our long range classes, okay, usually the second day, we'll stay out after dark and, we, and and we'll shoot under night vision. And this is long range stuff. I mean, it blows people's minds to be able to make a six hundred yard shot in the dark under night vision. Uh, the the fact that they can see the target, that they can see the hit, and in a lot of cases, those of us that are spotting, we're spotting under night vision. We can actually see the trace through night vision. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a whole nother level. I had the recent, I don't know if you call it pleasure, or I was cursed by going out with a friend, Mr. Gilliland, on a hunt <laughs> where they decided that, I was like, hey, let's go air gun hunting in Louisiana. And I'm like, we're going to take some wounded vets out. We got to figure out this yeah. term wounded vet. Because know what? These motherfuckers hiked my fat ass through the swamps of Louisiana. I said, hey, you guys are aware there's, we're going to go through the swamps where there's snakes, gators, stuff that will actually fuck your world up. They're all, yeah, that's why we have you. Put on this helmet. I'm like, what? Well, these are called panos. Turn them on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're all like, let me see your gun. I'm like, here's my air gun. We're going to sight this in with laser. <laughs> We're going to do what? Here's a, here's a hydration pack. Here's a protein bar. All right. <laughs> what are we doing? So we got eight hours. We're going to hike all night. What the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> He's a, We're going to hike through the swamp, the swamp all night long. In full panos, helmet, gear, everything. And, of course, I'm in my typical hunting outfit. Boots, shorts, tank top. In, in Louisiana, in 90-degree heat and 90% humidity. Oh, yeah. I'm all, I had back tit sweat going on. <laughs> and I'm like, after we get done, when Jim actually got his Pierre David... They made me walk off on the other side because they were trying to follow the blood trail. And he, I was ruining the blood trail with my blood trail on my legs. 
And that's when I was cussing Pincus's name. <laughs> I was, it was just, but that was my first full experience hunting in complete blackout, laser on gun. And in typical ton fashion, I was like, I decided I was going to take a break. And they're like, all right, we're going to do this two mile loop real quick. Yeah, real well, quick. Yeah. I was like, you healthy motherfuckers. <laughs> I take my bog pot out of my backpack and I drop it down, put my gun up on the stand. I tighten it down, lit up a cigar. I'm sitting there with the bog pot, bottle of water, and a cigar. And here comes the Axis buck out. I'm like, some bitch that doesn't even see me. I'm in the middle of a field, and here comes a big ass Axis buck. I'm like, well, shit, here comes another one. A big old broken horn. I wasn't there to get a trophy. I was there to get meat. I'm like, call the rancher. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm literally in the middle of your field smoking a cigar, have these cool-ass night vision goggles on, have a laser on my air rifle, and there's a broken horn axis. He's like, well, shoot it then. I said, said, all right, hold on. With him on the phone smoking a cigar, I drill this thing with my air gun, drop it down. He's like, did you get it? I said, here, I'm going to send you a picture. So I take the helmet off and send him a picture through my helmet. <laughs> and he's like, something's fucking wrong with you, bro. <laughs> I think anybody that's known you for five minutes knows that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, you know that, that brings up an excellent point because, you know, I know a lot of veterans who are, you know, they, they're missing limbs, but they're still out trekking most guys on, on hikes and oh, yeah. on, on, yeah. on everything. You know, I mean, almost as Chico's not have tight legs, I get tired almost. But like, uh, you know, when you love something, you're going to go out there and you're going to do it. You're going to get the right gear that's going to help you to do it. And, you know, whether your eyesight is 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 injured, whether your legs are injured, whatever it is, you're going to get out there. You're going to want to get out there and you're going to be more proficient than most guys who, you know, do this stuff casually and or even professionally because you want to do it that much harder and you actually have to dedicate yourself and get the education to gain the skills to use these operating systems and you know the 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 gear that we've used today like the uh, everything that's been unconventional that that you know that's still innovative everything that's pushing the envelope as as far as what we're what 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 we can put out what we can do what people think is top end what people think is you know a, a, a name brand is is it's all about accuracy clarity it's about what's going to make things better easier uh, and, uh, you know, you, you have to be proficient in these systems. And, like, the, the training that we got was absolutely out of this world. Well, and, and, and let's talk about these veterans for a second. You know, it, these guys have a different attitude on life. I mean, they, they have literally stared face death in the face and walked away from it. Um, maybe not with all of their limbs. Maybe not with, you know, and, and these guys, they've been through it. Um, you know, you know, we, we sit here in the United States, and, and, and let's talk about first world problems for a minute, and not to say that anybody going through cancer is, is, is by any means diminished here, but, like, uh, these guys have been through some struggles. And to come out with the attitude of, you know what, I, maybe I am missing both my legs and half of my spleen and all of this, you know what, but you know what, I'm still going to live my life. Um, and, and one of the guys that's, that's, I, I think is, has been a huge inspiration. I, I think all of you guys know who Travis Wills is, Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Y- y- you know, y- you've got guys like that and, and they're veterans and they have been through it. And, and, and I think those are the guys that can be an inspiration for all of us. 
And that's one of the things that I love about the gun community is that's our culture. Yeah. And I think it's a better culture. Well, it's, you know, civil- civilians as well. Anybody with any kind of disability, they, you know, you have the right and you have the ability to go out and you have the ability to shoot. And you have the ability to enjoy the sport for what it is. And there's, you know, there's, there's people out there trying to make new gear that's going to help that and that's mm-hmm. going to assist with that. I've, uh, you know, e- even with, the, uh, with your guys' air rifles, you know, the, the, the tactical capabilities of it, being able to use that in a city, uh, you know, you guys, aren't, you guys aren't making airsoft rifles. You guys aren't making paintball guns. You guys are making real rifles that have great capabilities, and it's, it's, it's niche. And, you know, it's, it's necessary in, in a lot of different scenarios. The applications are truly endless with what you guys got going oh, on. Dang. Special forces, silent missions, uh, police officers, SWAT teams. Uh, you know, local PD, uh, high high velocity, low velocity, takedown slugs, all the way to a three hundred eight at eleven hundred mother effing yards. You <laughs> son of a bitch! <laughs> Just wait till tomorrow. Oh, bro, I'm ready. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, though. I, you know, it's it's cool for me. Like, so six hundred yards is the furthest I've ever shot. Um, which I, I don't you know. sandbagging <laughs> liar. No, I'm, no, seriously. Well, I, I actually wanted to ask. Uh, like, I don't know how big those targets we were shooting at 600 are. They they look pretty sizable. They're they're not as big as you would think. Uh, so that's that 600 yard target on the star range. I think is is only like 24 inch square. It's a 24 by 24. Yeah. The 400 yards is 18 by 18. Okay. So okay. so let's let's put that in perspective of of admitted at angle. Okay. Yeah. So at, at 600 yards. Yep. Six inches is a minute of angle. So that's a four-minute target. Yeah. That, that's really not that big in the grand scheme of things. Okay. That's a, that's a, it's, it's, it's a little bit wider yeah. than a human torso, yeah. but it's a human torso. So I have a question then um, because, like, I realize we're shooting some pretty high-dollar stuff today. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like, not, a, not as much as you would think. Okay. But, well, I felt like, uh, you know, once the hold was there, it wasn't super windy, but once – you got the whole, you know, your, your correction figured out. I didn't feel like it was that difficult. It, I'm not trying to belittle it. Well, no, it, it, you no, no, I mean? but with, with the equipment that we have out here, and, and, and everybody here is bringing top-of-the-line yeah, quality yeah. equipment. And, 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 yeah, at the end of the day, it does make it easier. But you have to, one of the things that we stress here is you have to have that education component behind it. But you have got 30 people here that can stand behind you and go, all right, here's what you need to do. Do this, do this, do this, do sure. this, do this. And, and, and when you just sit down and listen to them, do it, you know, and, and understand what it is they're telling you, it's not that hard. Yeah. And let's, be, let's put this into perspective. Tyler here shoots field target in the most fucked up, twisted positions a human body is never meant to be in. Like I said, he's a sandbagging he's a liar. Fucking, it's like a contortionist with an air gun that has to shoot these precise little fucking targets. I mean, no, how big is your targets? Uh, they range anywhere from three-eighths of an inch to an inch and a half. At, at, at what distance? 10 to 55 yards. So okay. Not so, well, yeah, but that's uh, at, that, at, yeah. at that size? Yeah. That's tiny. Yes, with an air gun. That I mean, e- and what's your power restriction? Oh, so it's like twelve foot pounds. So it's it's a eight grain pellet at eight hundred. Okay, so you're shooting at three hundred blackout subsonic between a hundred and five hundred yards, hitting a six inch, hitting an aspirin. A, yeah, yeah. Thank you. 
All right, all right, like I get it. I can shoot. It's but, not the dick off a hummingbird, but it's, it's close. No, well, well, yeah, I, I guess he the thing for is me, surgical as fuck. Yeah, but the, but the thing for me is like I I, I don't have a, a good expectation. Like I've shot a lot of ARs, not really a lot of bolt guns. So um, and and even messing around with like twenty twos and stuff like for NRL twenty two types of competitions, uh, the twenty two long rifle is not really made to go past like fifty meters. You know it, it, what guys are able to do with twenty two long rifles incredible for NRL, but uh, you know with cartridges that are made to go a thousand yards, I, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like I just need someone. Well, to I, do this and, stuff. And, and I get where like you can you you would. Because shooting the air guns, like, uh, you know, I, I, I was giving you crap about it. I was like, God, the noise and the recoil. <laughs> like, I mean, there's it, there's none there. <laughs> but so I can see someone who is very, very familiar and intimate with the air gun world because you don't have that recoil. You don't have that muzzle blast. And then all of a sudden you're climbing behind a thirteen to 1,500-yard capable, you know, center fire cartridge. Yeah. Okay, that can probably be a little bit intimidating. It, you know, the, the recoil is not the, the thing that bothers me, I guess. It, but, yeah, actually, the muzzle blast is really freaking annoying. Uh, like, like, can we just leave? Like, yeah, APF we, has, has developed a break to actually make the gun louder. Yeah. Can we abolish yeah. the, the, the NFA and yeah. just make cans on everything? Okay. All right. So I, 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 I am absolutely convinced, and I've been saying this for years, that if, if suppressors were invented today, they'd be required. Hell, Yes. Without a doubt, one hundred percent. Yeah, because let's put one of these people behind an APF muzzle brake. Yes, and they'd be like, "You know what? We're going to put cans on every gun that's ever been <laughs> manufactured. All we got to do is put them behind an APF muzzle brake." That's right. <laughs> They're like, no, man. Uh, oh, better put them beside it. Oh yeah, and know what? They're going to make it mandatory to go out with every gun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Suppressors, yeah. suppressors, not silencer. It's not. It's not yeah. quiet as heck. Yeah. You know, you still hear it's it. It's still there. It makes point. it. It yeah. makes it hearing tactical. Safe. Yeah. yeah. Well, you need to be in 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 a, in a shooting environment. You have the you have the safety of you know knowing where the the gun gun is at and everything. It still makes enough noise to where you know about where your battle buddy's putting rounds down right. or when he's doing it. Well, and and then that's one of the things that we talk about. You know, at the beginning of classes, we talk about safety and, and we talk about the you know objective dangers that we know exist. That's why we wear eye protection, ear protection, because, you know, there's, there's muzzle blast, so we got to protect our ears. There, there's a potential of, you know, especially if we're shooting up close against a berm or something, you know, we might, get, we might catch a rock and get some fragmentation coming back. We want to protect our eyes from that. Those are, those are objective hazards. And you should right. make your you need... friend run 60 yards downrange to pick up a shotgun. <laughs> yes, that's targets. a far run. Shotgun, as I'm doing the air quotes. Yeah. Um, but, you, you know, we, 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 we understand and we try to mitigate the, the objective risks that we know exist with shooting. But, and, and that's one of those things that suppressors really mitigate a lot of those risks. Yeah. And the funny thing is about what you were talking about, the recoil and sound of an air gun. <laughs> the lack thereof. Yeah. <laughs> but when we get behind, I shoot both center fire a lot mm-hmm. and air guns. I swap back and forth between center fire air rifles. For me, the biggest enjoyment I have is watching an air gun shooter pick up a center fire long range rifle, precision rifle, and get that gas blast back. <laughs> but in change, 
and Tyler will appreciate this, watching a center fire shooter that has this beautiful precision trigger on their center fire rifle get behind one of the raws, and I said, hey, careful. When you're ready, touch the trigger and slap him. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I missed the target. Yeah. I said, I told you to touch. Just touch the trigger when you're ready. Well, I, barely, I, just, I just was taking it. I said, no, you touched the trigger and it fired. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you, you have, what, like a three-ounce trigger? Yeah, it's between four and six usually. Yeah. I asked everybody like, if they had shot a true match trigger yes. before we started that, and, and nobody raised their hand, and I'm like... Okay, uh, so the you're gonna have some NDs. Yeah, like the yeah well, three, four, six what was it like? Eight? What'd you say? Like eight ounce? No, no it's, it's between four. It's lighter than it's that. About it's about four ounces. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, that's, I, that's I, I run my competition triggers like right at a pound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you have to be really strict on your fundamentals. You mm-hmm. really do. It be you know just it's it just because it uh, it's got the couple mm-hmm. cheat codes with a you know little uh, minor recoil. You and uh, you still have to. Put rounds down range. You still have yeah, to yep. command the weapon. And yeah. that what was great about the competition we held this time is there is a line on the paper. The left side is for siders. Right. You break that black line. You hit that line, and you shoot anything from that line over to the right. It counts as one of your ten shots on paper. Right. And I told them, do not. Touch the trigger till you're ready. Yeah. Let's start off even towards the dirt or in your ciders. I got this. My rifle has this, this, this kind of trigger. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. You, you should center fire. You know way more than my fat ass. <laughs> now, and, and here's the funny thing. You were the only one that, that, that issued a challenge. Uh, you were the only one that didn't get beat at their own uh, game. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. It, it's it, well, and part of the problem is is that there's truly no concept from if you come from the the firearm side there's no concept of wind drift and I, and I don't like like you've shot really 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 far okay I, I get you know what wind drift yeah, but, like. but but the but the wind is so much different with the pellet yes. I, I mean I was playing around with them yesterday and the, and and whereas like I can look at it and I can go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting 600 yards with a 300 PRC. What yeah. wind? Yes. You know, a dead yes. hold. At, at, at 80 yards with an air gun, there was substantial wind that I had to give for it. You can get six wind inches to a foot spiral. easily. Right. Yeah. And yeah. talking about that, Pinka scored a 21. Way to go, buddy. Oh. Yep. Uh, 21 in the to air be gun fair, game out of 100. To be fair, yep, I got confused. Well, to be fair, Bane got a 16, so there's yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Old people get confused. All right, that could happen. <laughs> hey, and, and you did uh, poke out there a little bit. and uh, what? I got pokey. Yeah, I got no. 400 with mine. It, it, it was, it was the ADD. Yeah. With the, one, with the gun you designed, sir. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, well designed, well played. Yeah, you yeah that was good. Once, once I got on that, I walked it out. Yeah, that competition, that was so slow. Oh, we talked about that. He, he, he got bored. Jiminy Cricket. Hey, hey, Paul's coming. Hey, oh. Yeah, I found Paul. Paul's going to come in <laughs> and explain himself for all his sandbag shenanigans. Sandbag is illustrated. But, I'm, I'm, that, that's a thing now. Okay, let's be clear about this. You said that air gun competition was slow that we held. Well, no, it just seemed like it was a lot of time. Like if you'd have just said 10 targets, 10 shots, don't sight it in read your fucking target, figure it out along the way, get better as you go, or just be awesome when you start, you have 30 seconds. Beep! Well, in, <laughs> in, in all fairness, while you were mucking around, I was having a beautiful conversation with this gentleman, smoking a cigarette, 
Tyler pops up, says you have one minute left. I cleared 10 targets in under one minute and still won. Let me tell you something. You had a whole 10 of shots in your sighting targets, though. And that, that boggled mind. You chopped 14 competitions worth of pellets. I'm a cons- conservationist. <laughs> I, that's why I got into air guns. I didn't get into air guns to be a, yeah. a, a gluttonous user. In of my sighters, <laughs> you had a whole tins worth in the 10 targets. You were supposed to shoot only 10 targets. That's a good point. Ta-da! <laughs> and I don't think today was about saving ammo, baby. <laughs> no, no, no definitely not. not. I think we were having the best time with that. So, uh, we, oh, and by the way, I'm Johnny from Tenth Mountain Whiskey. Just in case we nobody knows who the the voice is, I know who the fuck you are, and that's all that matters because I'm the one that edits this shit, my man. And we, and we just brought in Paul from Sandbag Illustrated. Sandbag Illustrated, <laughs> great shooting today, buddy. Great shooting today. Sandbag he he he, he walked away with two trophies from Ballistic Summit. Andrew put salt on them. If you go to the table where I left them, there's salt. Andrew put salt on them. Well, we won't talk about Andrew anymore. <laughs> well, because I and and I'm going to ask you about this because you you completed his his three gun stage. How did it feel? Okay, you, you you totally rocked the AR. Now, to be fair, when you shot the pistol, you were three feet further forward than anybody else, um, and we know this because of where you dropped your magazine, but. Then you had to, like, make the 8,000-mile trek to Mecca to go shoot his, quote-unquote, shotgun. I, I just hoofed it. <laughs> Absolutely. Just one foot in front of the other, buddy. You know, like everyone says, once the timer goes off, your brain it, disappears. It, it, I swear to God, it's the tone. But did it, did it make you nervous? Oh, because, fuck because yeah. You, because you went, you went after a ton. And and you watched him face plant like baby beluga style. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was impressive to watch, man. You, you know, you you went up there and uh, I'll, I'll you know to to quote special forces, slow is smooth, smooth is fast, and you made an excellent time moving up there. As a uh, you know, it, it can be it can be nervous. You know, all all eyes on you, a drone flying over you, recording you. Oh, uh, all, yeah, all the yeah. see, and he's doing the same goddamn thing. He did it all day. He, like you walk up to a stage and you all act all confused and then rock it. And we're yeah. like, what, what, "What's with that, dude? I thought you were new to this shit." That looked casual, brother. <laughs> that looked absolutely casual. Well, in full disclosure, when I'm not shooting for reviews and stuff, I like to shoot USPSA matches. Okay, so the see there it is, and this is now why we are calling you Sandbag Illustrated, and I will be calling your boss on Monday and telling him that you're going to need a raise because you're going about to embark on some really expensive hobbies. The, uh, shooting the rifle stuff. Now, I'd never shot anything like that. That was a lot of fun. Really? Which one was your favorite, man? I, I, I enjoyed them. All. I enjoyed them all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, those uh, those sites that we used today were absolute cheat codes. I I absolutely loved everything that I everything that I pointed at went down. Um, I, I I couldn't miss if I wanted to. It was uh, it, it was a dream come true. Uh, you're talking about the that that five to thirty on the precision rifle. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was cool. Now now that's one that you know Brian and I have had several conversations about that optic. It's it, it's one that we have been pushing Jason Wilson to build for as long as we've known him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think I, I think 
he absolutely knocked it out of the park with that. Now, what we're running now is a prototype. Mm-hmm. Um, once he gets that in, that thing into production, I I, I see him uh, really shaking some foundations in in some of the you know higher higher dollar optics mm-hmm. uh, because that thing punches so high above its weight class uh, for the price point. Uh, yeah, I think there, he's going to make some people nervous in the industry. I think so too. You know, even just, even just the way he's talking about it, he already knows the direction that he's going. They're already making the corrections. They they're they're already two steps ahead of themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. and that's that that's the way he's operated. Um, you know, one of the things that we were talking about a little bit earlier, and I'll get you guys' opinion on this. Sure. Um, Rob made a a really good point about the way Lucid is rolling out their blue, and and it's one of those things that based on everything else that we know. Like when when Jason explains to you the the reasoning behind the blue and the education and the science and everything that goes behind beyond, you know behind why why the decision for the blue, you you just sit there in your head and you go like, well, yeah, duh, that makes sense. Yeah, well, um, I mean, uh, I was an army medic for twelve years, and uh, one of the, the the facts that we knew is that you you you, do, you don't paint a hospital red on the inside; you paint it white, blue, or green. Right, and because it's calming. They're calming. They're they're physically, they're visually calming mm-hmm. things. And when you can actually, you know, yeah, we, we, we up the brightness, we lowered the brightness. We still saw all of our points. It wasn't, uh, we, we, I wasn't looking for the red dot anymore. I, I, and it was uh, completely standing out. And one of the interesting things, even in nature, not just with our own eyesight, but, you know, things that are ultraviolet blue, those things are perceived differently even by insects, by right. birds. Those right. things are all out, out there. You're going to see them. You know, you see all the, you see the first blue bonnet that springs in Texas right out, right out, right yep. away. You know what I mean? My man. <laughs> I didn't mean the ice cream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think that was a fat joke. It <laughs> could be. <laughs> From the bartender. Wow. Well, I only got good bad jokes and dad jokes. <laughs> no, I... I it, it, you this you know we we talked a little bit about this last night you this is this is kind of your first event outside of shot show right um, other and, trade shows and yeah. and this is this is you know compared to what you've been to this is an extremely intimate event where you really do get to know everybody here um contrast that with shot show i mean shot what, show you just walk around people size you up they look at your name badge and then you know you can see you can track their eyes moving up to your a zone and then back to your face and they want to talk to you. They don't want to talk to you. And that's right. it. Right. It's like, so, so, so how did you feel like, I mean, do you feel like you were well received here? Did you have a good time? Did you get to know people? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and what kind of reception did you feel like you got? Uh, a warm and welcoming <laughs> one and a little bit of salt, literally. Oh yeah. There's, a, there's been a lot yeah, of, yeah. you got, you kind of got a lot of shade thrown your way because you totally like sandbagged two events today. Oh, Allegedly. I was expecting you to trifecta, brother. <laughs> I, I wanted it to happen. You love to see it. You know, I'm I'm new to these events as well, and uh, you, you you seem to fit in with everybody. Like you know, you when you're when you're the new guy in, in class, you look around and you think that everybody knows each other almost, and you you fit in very well. You you came out, you came to shoot, you you came to educate. Uh, you know, even from the the, the way you were talking, it, it it seemed like you know. 
there 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 was that nervousness that you that you mentioned earlier and everything but it, as soon as you got behind the rifle it all faded away and it's all the practicality and fundamentals just feeding back in you know remembering your training and, and knocking it out man yeah. that was impressive thank you oh and i th- and, and and you kind of got to see you know you you say that you're kind of new to this um but i don't think you're new to the culture uh you might be new to this culture um specifically you know the lucid family and and the companies and the people that we bring in and and the shenanigans that go on at this event uh i, I i'm sure that a lot of that left you a little wide-eyed yeah and it was great fun but I'll, I'll say at the end of the day i think the reason i'm here is because i just like to shoot hell yeah I, that's what i spend my free time and money doing and learning about and it's always been that way and it's this is just like taking it to another level, but well, it's it's kind of you know I, I think all of us that are here are extremely fortunate that we're able to take our passions and and the things that we absolutely love and hold near and dear to our hearts and be able to make a career out of it. A hundred percent, and I'd be foolish not to come to events like this and attend stuff like this. And right. Right, yeah, all all the way across the board, the love has all has all been there with the culture. You know, uh, everybody that's come up as uh, to, to any station has had a slew of questions that are very specific to their skill set. I mean, you know, even at the whiskey, even at the whiskey table, everybody's had had has had question and won some kind of education with this stuff. And I really think that that's the benefit uh, of this. I was talking to to Jason earlier about this, and you know, even in the agricultural community, which I'm very fond of. Uh, a lot of uh, you know farm farmers do not talk to each other. Uh, you know they're they're not sharing trade secrets. They're not pushing their product. They're not uh, expanding their product. But whenever you put those guys in the same room, whenever they go to stock shows, anything like that, any kind of gathering event, convention, you know that's when the education is traded. That's whenever the, the handshakes are made that make business really grow and really make these uh, these kind of products better. When we get this kind of feedback from professionals shooters like this is exactly where you belong well and i you know and i i can't thank you enough because and and i think everybody every guest that we've had on this podcast over over this event um and and for our listeners you know you're going to be hearing bits and pieces of this over the next you know basically till about the end of the year um we've we, we've got we've been able to collect hours and hours of content and discussion and shenanigans uh because that is the deer shooter culture but you know i I think everybody that has come on and been a guest on our show has talked about the education component at at one point or another and, and the importance of that and and number one i mean i can't thank you guys enough for recognizing that and for supporting that it, not just because that is my stock and trade is the education part of the firearms industry but because i think it is one of the most important things because you're never going to get the most out of these products if you don't understand how to use them properly or where they came from or where they're going I, exactly mm-hmm. yeah we, we were just talking earlier before you jumped in paul about uh the the applications of the uh the the air rifles and everything and you know all all the different uh, you know especially the, the those night vision optics and uh you know just really exciting things that we've been able to use any anything that you haven't touched before that you were really excited about or that you used today that you were just like i i loved this well it, you know every time i looked over at paul his eyes were the di- the size of freaking dinner plates cuz i don't think he knew what to think about what he was seeing <laughs> 
<laughs> There's all kinds of cool stuff. And I, I said it yesterday when we were recording that I first started out with Mousers and Mosins and Lee Enfields and the old Milsert bolt actions when they were still cheap and you can afford to shoot them when you're 18. <laughs> and uh, seeing these high-level precision rifles and now these, like, uber magnums, like the 300 normal wind mag that I got to shoot. Uh, or, sorry, 300 normal magnum. Just seeing the development. It's still the same. It's still the same tube and lock from a century ago, but refined and now shooting out to 1,200 yards is no big deal. Well, and, and especially in an environment like this where you're talking to the manufacturers and you're talking, you know, you've got Jason Wilson, you know, the, the, the guy, uh, uh, Cole Ander said something about his pinwheel brain, um, which he's getting a new hat. But you're talking to people here that understand things like, you know, optical performance, lens coatings, metallurgy, on on a level that like we can't we can't even comprehend and yeah. and yet these guys understand that you know to a point where they can explain it to us in crayons and make us understand it um and and when you put all of those people in the same room and they start collaborating miracles happen mm-hmm. yeah even with the, the the written one you know uh field tourniquet being uh, mounted to the weapon and everything mm-hmm. uh, you know i i, I was skeptical I, I i was skeptical even you know i'm skeptical of all medical stuff i you know we well i, I went in uh to the uh iraqi freedom one you know i was there for the initial push when we were still uh trained on linen bandages in vietnam era sure. medical training and everything and to see that the expansion being you know even brought up to uh platforming it's it's really cool to see. It's really cool to to see that kind of or to, to to handle it. And I was skeptical until I actually saw it put on the platform and used in real world application. And you know, I understood it at that point. And a lot of these systems, I would not think to to use. You know, I I would have I would have heard uh, air rifle. I would have heard. You know, um, what what else did we see? The, oh God! You know how thin those those uh, the, the the compacts were that that that, that you guys showed today. You know, uh, I, until I put my hands on it and used it, I wouldn't have known. So mm-hmm. coming out to these things is absolutely uh, you know pivotal to anybody who's really trying to expand their usage and their knowledge of any kind of platforms. You know, you you can't really stay stuck in the old in the old ways. You can't just say. Uh, that that there, there's no necessity, no no no, no necessity to it. Thank you. <laughs> no, it, it, well, and you and, and you talk about the thinness. You're talking about the the Avidity arms, the PD10, and the way the, it was designed. Now, and, and I don't know if you saw it. Um, I got together with Retin One, and we actually mounted one of his tourniquet brackets inside of my trailer. Yeah. So you you literally open the door, reach up, and there's a tourniquet in your hand. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, and and I think that that. You know, one of the things that WyoTAC preaches hard is the medical training because I think even even above the you know the hand to hand, the self defense, the the firearms training, uh, I think the medical is far more important than any of those, and I think those should be a top priority for anybody that's training in self defense. Well, they had uh, for the, they had uh, a uh, this thing called the IFAC, if you're familiar with it, yes. which was the drop down leg uh, medical kit that they were give, uh, issuing to, uh, to to medical and infantry soldiers in recon, and uh, you know it, it was a great thing. 
but in real world application, when when uh, when the light goes red, everybody grabs your gear, and if it's if it's excess, you don't want to put it on. So if it's already there, it's good. The very first thing that I did whenever I modified my aid bag was I had extra ammunition and tourniquets on the outside of my bag. The very first thing that you could reach, so because you need to stop the bleeding, and there's no better medicine on the battlefield than suppressive fire. That's right. Yep. So they so we we ended up making those things the first priority. Ammo for ammo for me, ammo for my buddy. He can grab it off my back. He can he can put rounds down range, keep me safe, and I can get that tourniquet on. He can even grab it for me. And you know, being able to have that on a on a truck, being able to put that on yourself without having to uh, to uh, put a cumbersome big giant, you know, four by four freaking uh, pouch on your leg is completely beneficial. Knowing where that that life saving uh, that, that 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 number one life saving uh, application is is pivotal. Oh, absolutely, and I I think all of us will agree. You know, you you, you don't get medicine until the fight's over. Um, or at least you can get you know somewhat clear of it. So you got you got to be in the fight first. Oh yeah, they say life, limb, or eyesight is the the, the, the most critical things. And you know, uh, Tun showed us that you don't need one of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, Paul, I I I hope that you know your experience here has been something that you know is going to drive you moving forward. And, and that you were able to get enough content that you're going to go back and, and you're going to wow uh, your next few articles. It just so happens that the next few ones that I'm doing for NRA pubs are involving 6.5 Creedmoor, PRC, and bolt-action guns. So what a better way to get background knowledge and contacts and people that actually shoot them seriously. So, you, yeah, then, it's, then this has been absolutely beneficial for you. And yeah. maybe I'll have a chance to try the new 34-millimeter uh, wider main tube front focal scope. I'm, I'm, I've, I've looked down some nice scopes. I have Oh, nice you used it today. And it's, I mean, clar- that, that, that's what, that was, was on top of that rifle that you... Oh, no, you, no, I, I know. And the, and the clarity was looking through it was like looking through some of my other nice scopes without even... Didn't even think about it because <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was seamless. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. And it, I, I want to play with that optic more. Yeah. I, I want to play with the Brixton Arms concept as well. The Bilson. Uh, yeah, Bilson, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Bil- the Bilson Arms uh, concept for the front uh, for, for the front hammer, that was amazing. Uh, you know, and we, we really got to beat these these rifles up today. Did and anyone mention, sorry, yeah, did anyone mention ahead. that they brought us some badass boudin for lunch? Oh, yeah. From, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, it was so good. Trust me, we've it's, talked about that okay, before on the just, podcast. Just uh, making sure. <laughs> but I, I, you know, we we we've been going for almost three hours now. It's like it's like almost ten thirty at night here. Uh, so I'm going to wind this down. Uh, but Paul, I, I I hope this was kind of like an experience of a lifetime, and maybe we'll see you again next year. Uh, but until then, and for you guys out there, until next week. Uh, We're going to keep innovating here, and until then, you guys just keep blaming the gun.